We are back in the kitchen at Room 39 with owners and chefs Ted Habiger and Andrew Sloan. Okay, Ted, we've learned about your journey here, and it was an exciting one. Now, Andrew, I know you told me it's just you always knew, right? Always. You always knew. When did you first get into the kitchen? I was 12 years old and uh, got a call from uh, a place that my brother was working at in the kitchen, and they needed a dishwasher. We won't talk about how old you were. What restaurant was that? It was, sp- <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be that. one day and uh, went in and and I liked the movement. I liked the whole feel uh-huh. of the kitchen. Uh-huh. And uh, so I went back and washed dishes for a while. And then I kind of just kept watching and kept creeping over the line and taking people's tongs and flipping things. And So you were fascinated with being in the kitchen and cooking yeah. early, early on. All right, so from dishwashing, you went into... Uh, immediately just started cooking and just kind of went through a school of hard knocks like okay. this. Okay, okay. And uh, just kept cooking and, and trying were, to learn everything I could. You were chef by what age? Uh, I got my first chef job. I was 19, 20. 19, 20. So you've been in a leadership role, and we can tell this by going to the website and watching you in the kitchen. You all are teachers at heart. And I know a big part of what you do because your chefs is provide the leadership for your cooks. Um, and that's a big piece of what you're still doing these years later. Absolutely. Is teaching. Okay, I know you are as devoted to seasonal as Ted and you're constantly working with growers. Yes. What's your inspiration? Um, it, it's the feedback from the guests. It's smiles. Okay. It's knowing smiles. that people come in and enjoy what they have. And uh, we have a board in the kitchen that is, uh, it's a dry erase board. Okay. And it is what we write our best evers on. And Oh, okay. When the servers come back and say that a guest just put a, you know, gave us a Good best for ever you. for a dish. You know, the kitchen, you can see like everybody gets upbeat and smiles are going on in the kitchen. And like the movement just kind of starts going more and more. So we, we try and make a big deal to our kitchen staff about, hey, that's a great, great job. What you a just great got a idea. Up, so. So so when any customer says or diner says best ever, it goes up on that board. We, we try and make sure that it gets it's mm-hmm. noted because uh, it's not the most glamorous of jobs uh-huh. being in the kitchen all the time. So getting that feedback and knowing that you've done something like that, uh, that, you know, kind of made somebody's day. It, it's, a, it's a great thing. Reinforcement. And... And you said you get hugs. Now, if you were in other yep. professions, you might not be getting <laughs> hugs for hugs. And, but, you and, know, I mean, it's the very, you know, it's the very essence of it. Our our mothers cooked for us. It's how we were nurtured. It's how we were shown one of the ways that we were shown love. And you all are continuing that on a professional level. And you, I know you like to be hugged. You all need to know that. You have to hug Andrew <laughs> when you go to room 39. He'll just probably write it up on the chalkboard right. so so you all know. <laughs> all right. We can tell. I mean, room 39 has an exquisite reputation for fabulous food. Fabulous food. We know it's driven. You, you two are the heart and soul of what makes that happen. So maybe we should roll up our sleeves and get cooking. Now, now, Andrew, you said that sweetbreads were one of your favorite items. And Absolutely. if you go to another restaurant and there's sweetbreads on the menu, you're going to order it. And Every time. G- gentlemen, why don't you tell us what sweetbreads are? Because I didn't, I thought I knew, but I didn't. Sweetbreads are the the thymus gland, which which is uh, around the jaw area. Okay. There's also sometimes found around around the heart. 
Um, and it's uh, it it's one of those things. It's unlike any other uh, piece of meat to describe. Uh, it's kind of got a, a velvety texture, uh, very soft. Uh, and, and you know, I thought it was brains, and, yes. and I did, yes. and and so an opportunity for me to learn. But during the days of the depression, we had great uncles telling us that you ate everything on the cow or the veal or the pig because you were hungry and there usually wasn't enough food. And so now you've taken a more modest piece of meat, and it is about as upscale as, as it's going to get here. Okay, how do we begin preparing our sweet bits? Well, you're going to soak it overnight in uh, in milk. Okay. That's going to help tenderize it and kind of draw some of the, the blood out. Um, okay. And then you're going to, after that... Uh, the next day, you're going to pull them out, kind of pat them dry, and then you're going to take them and you're going to have uh, chicken stock uh, on the stove and you're going to bring it to a simmer. We're going to poach it off. That way we can get off the excess membrane. All right. Now, how long is it in the chicken stock, guys? Oh, maybe maybe five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we're not, not very long. You don't, you don't want to cook it all the way through. You want to, you want to keep it very rare because okay. you're going to cook it again, so you don't want to make it, make it too dry. Okay. Tell me... Um, once it comes out of the chicken stock and we sort of let it get cool enough so we can handle it, um, what are we going to do to get it ready to be sautéed? The, the, the next step is to take, uh, uh, once it's cooled down mm-hmm. and dried off, yes. is you want to you want to dredge it in, in seasoned flour. I think we removed some... Oh, oh, I'm, yep. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm yeah, forgetting Ted, you're on the You're <laughs> already to on He's the way to, to the cooktop. You're ready to You do need to peel off some of these extra membranes. And, and at this point, you can kind of portion them that when it... When you when you get it to begin with, it's kind of a, a big lobe, uh-huh. and you you've got to get it into smaller pieces that you want to sauté, and so you can get kind of that crispiness on all sides. Uh, it was and just so telling. when you're peeling off these membranes, that that's when you that's when you get it into the size that you want. To. Okay, so peel that off. Now, how did we season the flour? Uh, we put a little bit of salt and pepper and paprika. Okay, so it wasn't complicated. Nope. And then after it was dredged in flour, where did it go? Right into the saute pan. Okay. Well, <laughs> and, and you're you're very good about reminding us to heat the pan first, Correct. so the meat will not stick if it's in. Yeah. The pan. If you put it in a cold pan with cold oil, um, then you'll end up with kind of like this gloopy uh, mess. You yep. know. So you want a hot pan, hot oil. Put the sweetbreads in there, and then and then after after it started to brown just a little mm-hmm. bit, that's mm-hmm. when I add a little bit of butter. Not in the beginning, and you also right. brought out a really good point um, that when you dredge the sweetbreads in the flour, do it right before it goes into right. the sauté pan. Another way to keep it from getting goopy or goopy, goopy. yeah, because that flour okay. is just going to soak it, up any sort of liquid. Okay, yeah. these are the most exquisite things. All right, so now we've added some. Butter to the saute pan, and then and then just kind of continue to turn these things uh-huh. over, these sweetbreads, and get them brown on all sides. And then I like to, um, you know, you can touch them at this point with maybe your fork or your tongs or something, or, or your or, asbestos fingers, or if your you're asbestos a chef. fingers if you're <laughs> okay. a chef. Okay. And 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 if you get it, uh, you should get a good amount of spring back, and it, that means that it still lesson. needs to go a little further. Okay. And so I like to finish them in an oven, 350-degree oven, 375, for just about four or five minutes after that. And also a, another thing I learned from you is that we just don't need to have a really, really hot oven because we don't want the meat to seize up. Correct. 
Okay, so those little guys are going off into the oven, and we are going to get ready now to make our truffle bread pudding. And you did remind, now I should tell you, these truffles are not from France. They were not delivered in a Brinks truck. (laughs) They're from the state of Oregon, and they were still smoky and delicious. Yes. And we sliced them and got them into some half and half? Yeah, I put it into half and half, and I always do uh, uh, about two and a half cups of half and half, and three eggs, and like one loaf of bread. That's kind of my and it's a small mixture. it's a smaller loaf of bread, but yeah. that's your magic formula. Again, this is going to be a savory bread pudding, not a sweet bread pudding. And when we come back, we're going to get that custard ready and dice up the bread, and we're going to make um, truffle bread pudding in the kitchen in room thirty nine. 